Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Spinafel. What is up, y'all? It's Jonathan Rollins. Skip me, sorry. And we're two Americans living in Sweden talking about football. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. We are back. Week 13 is in the books. <coughs> and now we're here to talk about it, man. Um, I don't, yeah. I'm not one to overreact or brag about anything. Right. But the Miami Dolphins are the <laughs> it's true. <laughs> My team's number one in the AFC. Got the one seat for now. It's like the one seat has exchanged hands like five times this year. Right? Something it's, like that. Teams yeah. have been, Ravens have been, Dolphins have been. Well, uh, it exchanged four or five times just last week alone. Oh, yeah. That's true, man. That was crazy. Um, but we yeah, they're holding it. <clears throat> we, uh, yeah. There were some big time shakeups all over the league. Uh, this week it's getting a little crazy on the NFC side of the ball. Uh, that being said, before we get started, Mm -hmm. I obviously need to start by pouring one out for my Bulldogs who were finally defeated after a 29 game win streak. Yeah. We, we picked the SEC championship game to come up short. Uh, besides the refs deciding that it was Alabama's turn, we, we did not play our best football. Uh, we really didn't, we didn't play our best. We kind of beat ourselves in some ways. Um, but after back-to-back national championships, I I don't want to be one of those bitchy fans, nor do I want to go back to that old, like defeatist self-loathing. We can't have nice things bullshit either. I don't want to, I don't want to be like that. Yeah. Uh, it was always going to end at some point. So I choose to focus on how grateful I am that it even happened at all because yeah, man. It, it was a killer run. Uh, I never could have imagined that we would win back-to-back national championships. And I can't wait to saddle up again next year with the expanded mm-hmm. playoff system because that's just going to be so much more fun to watch anyway. Yeah. Um, and yeah, for those of you who <clears throat> for those of you who are interested in college football, there was a lot of controversy in how they decided the four teams that went, are going to the playoffs. I, I, I don't want to go into that here, but if you're interested, you can go check it out. It's a real shit show. I, for one, I'm glad because fuck FSU. So <clears throat> True. Uh, and ultimately, I do think that they do have they do have, point. they do point. have the four best teams uh, playing against each other. But it's just it, it it's just weird. It, it, it it just feels wrong when you have yeah. a team that's undefeated, undefeated. Who, yeah. who goes and, and you have a team that has one loss that goes from eighth place all the way to fourth place. It's never happened before. Yeah. They've never had a team jump that high before. But you, I mean, 
you lose. I get, I get the logic. It just seems like it's wrong, man. Like if it, you, he, they lost their star player. Yeah, that doesn't mean that he means it, that it, much to the team. They they won games since he was out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so. They won their conference championship with a third string quarterback. Yeah, I mean, like, what more do you need them to do? It's like, yeah, is it for the team or what? It's like it's fucked up. They're just like, no, nah, man, you can't beat them. You can't. We, let us prove it. College football makes no sense. Uh, I I think that they they were probably overcompensating for the mistake that they made last year, which was allowing TCU into the playoffs. Mm. Oh, they don't and, want the ass whooping like that. Yeah. And obviously, TCU kind of shocked Michigan. Uh, but then once they met Georgia, they, I mean, that was like, come on, like, like that was almost a joke. Yeah. Like, oh, maybe that's what they don't want. They don't want the championship game to be it. So it's your fault, actually. Mm. Don't beat the shit out of teams like that. What are you going to do? I don't know. <laughs> if you don't, I don't know. To, if you don't want us dancing in the end zone, <clears throat> don't let us go touchdown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I just feel like, you know, I waited so long to see the Bulldogs win a national championship that I, uh, the idea that they could win two in a row was like unimaginable to me. Um, so the fact that that happened and the fact that I got to share that with, with my son who, Mm -hmm. who I've turned into a Bulldogs fan, I feel like it was like, I've, I've turned my son into a Bulldogs fan and a Falcons fan. Uh, turning him into a Falcons fan is probably the worst thing I've ever done to my son. It's like straight up child abuse. Uh, so I'm just glad that the Bulldogs could deliver those back to back championships to kind of make up for that Falcons fan. Yeah, balance it out, man. Yeah. yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I kind of want to hop right into these games, man. We had our uh, yeah. the, the Thursday night game. Um, it just shat upon our theory of unders for Thursday nights because Seattle came to play, man. <laughs> Yeah, they did. And uh, they had Dallas. I kind of woke up uh, in the middle of the night and watched. Uh-huh. And um, I was like, what? I, I was look- I thought I was looking at the score wrong. Because <laughs> Dallas scored a touchdown. It was 28 to, I don't know, 14 or something like that. Whatever it was. But they were down. And they scored. And I was like, man, they're blowing them out, man. I was like, why won't they put the points on the, <laughs> on the right side? <laughs> But uh, no, it was uh, Dallas was behind and they ended up winning. But it was just shocked me that Seattle came out there. Gino was out there slinging that thing. Yeah, Gino was slinging it. Uh, Charbonnet was doing a very good job of filling in for uh, Kenneth Walker. Yeah. And DK Metcalf, who we have Mm. been waiting Mm -hmm. to arrive all season. has had a pretty disappointing season by his standards suddenly just exploded with 134 yards and three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, the man was uncoverable um, and did fast see, as hell. Yeah, I was going to say, did you see that he broke the, he's like fast. He, he they recorded the top speed on the, in the, the mm. whole season mm-hmm. on him that day. So yeah. That's good. Good for them, man. Good for them. <laughs> <laughs> good job. I, but Dak, Dak was out here looking like an MVP. I agree, and and I think this was a really important kind of win for the Cowboys. Uh, obviously, we've been talking about how they blow out bad teams, um, and and they don't, you know, tend to be like their losses are always against like the really good teams. Now, obviously, the Seahawks 
Uh, I'm not saying the Seahawks are one of the best teams in the NFL, but it was very encouraging if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan that you could get into a shootout and come out on top. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah. because this was one of those games where it was like, whoever blinks first is mm-hmm. you're going to lose. Um, and that's essentially kind of, you know, I mean, that is more or less what happened. Gino did throw a pick in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, so is the, uh, Mike McCarthy is trash narrative. Can can we put that to bed? He, he Kellen Moore's gone. The yeah. uh, Chargers offense looks like Dookie Duke, and uh, mm. the <clears throat> Cowboys have missed a step and look better on offense than they did before. I, I think, unfortunately for Mike McCarthy, the narrative for him will not be complete until. Yeah. Yeah. Until the until we see them in the playoffs, because the story of the Cowboys is that, you know, they always look kind of good. They always make it into the playoffs and they always fail to make it to the NFC championship game. So until that happens, you know, there's still room. I mean, just think about the last two years, how the Cowboys have fallen out of the playoffs. Right. Yeah. I mean, last year with that, you know, where they had Zeke at center. <laughs> Uh, and then the year before that was the one where they, they didn't get, they, they ran a play, but, but they, he didn't go, Dak didn't go down fast enough and they couldn't get to the ball and they ran out of time. No, the guy, the guy was on the ball. He said it himself, but the ref is supposed to set it. So they lost time. So they never got off the snap. Right. So we'll see. Either way, I mean, the Cowboys look good. We'll get to the Eagles game later, obviously. Mm. Um, but this is, I mean, next week is, is we got some tasty matchups next week. because I mean, the Eagles lost, uh, which means the Cowboys are only one game behind the Eagles. I mean, and they play each other next week. I mean, that, there's a very real chance that the Cowboys can win this division at this point. It's all there. Uh, so it's fascinating to yeah. see how this plays out. I mean, they've they're set up to do it. Yeah. Um, we'll see oh, and, how. Uh, as an update, I'm down 11 points and flipping pick them. I'm just falling and falling and falling, man. It's, it really mm. hurts. <clears throat> but the uh, the next game was the Titans are were up against the Colts. Uh, mm-hmm. the Titans out here putting up 28 points and shit. Derrick Henry came alive, but the Colts ultimately won uh, at the end of the game with Gardner Minshew Minshewing. <laughs> I feel like the Titans had this one in the bag, uh, yeah. but after two blocked punts, mm. oh, the, the game got hurt too. The game essentially turned on its he- head, much like the Titans kicker himself, who was forced to leave the game because he got <laughs> upended. Yeah. Uh, he, he, and and on one of those blocked punts, they were able to scoop it up and and take it to the house. Yeah. Uh, the whole game shifted on on those two plays. Um, the game was nuts. I mean, beside the two block punts and the scoop and score, there was also a pick two on a failed two point conversion, which is like, yeah, yeah, like a, a 99 yard pick two. like talk about like the hardest way to get two points in a game. You got to yeah. run the whole length of the field to get it. It almost doesn't even feel worth it. Uh, and as you said, Derek Henry balled out 102 yards, yeah. two touchdowns. Uh, but he did leave this game with a concussion. Tajay Spears looked great. Um, he had 16 carries for 75 yards, but ultimately Gardner Minshew just kind of carved them up. Um, 
he had two receivers with over a, with at least 100 yards. He had 100 yards to Alec Pierce and 105 to Michael Pittman, um, both of which had touchdowns. And that was kind of the ball game, really, between Minshew and those two receivers because the whole, you know, Jonathan Taylor's out, Zach Moss is going to slot in and do just like he did before. He didn't. He only had like 51 yards. He didn't look that great. The Colts were not able to run the ball very well. Um, the other big loss for the Titans was Jeffrey Simmons, one of their big, one of their most important defensive players left the game as well, um, which obviously helped the Colts to, yeah. to win this thing. Um, I mean, this division has, is now pretty interesting and tighter than we expected. Yeah, man. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> the next game was certified a shit bowl brought to you by XLEX. <clears throat> shit bowl of the year. I this could was... not believe this shit. We bet and won the bet on this game because we bet the, the Chargers a win by five, at five and a half, right? I laughed so hard <laughs> when I, because like at the end, like it, when the early window comes to a close, I, I pull up. The uh, analog flip them and pick them, and I start to mark it. Uh, and then I look at the bets that we made. And when I saw that we had picked the Chargers to win by five and a half, and that this game ends literally six to zero, I just, I think I texted you. I was, yeah, you <laughs> I was like, this is fucking absurd. This is so stupid. This is so dumb. This was the shit bowl to end all shit bowls. Mm. Six to nothing, you guys. This was terrible. Bailey Zappi was bad. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I guess you could say that. I mean, the defense has had a day, clearly. Um, what's his name? Uh, fuck, what's the guy's name from the Chargers? Who's so good? Khalil Mack had a good Khalil game. Khalil Mack, yeah. Khalil Mack had a great game. There was a one. There was one play where they sacked Bailey Zappi, where it was like the two ends meet. <laughs> and let's go meet at the quarterback, which is always kind of like yeah. fun to watch. Um, yeah, Bailey Zappi was terrible. How um, bad is how, like how bad is Mack, man? <clears throat> they, they, well, how bad is this third string quarterback? At least isn't he supposed to be mobile? Maybe they need a mobile quarterback. Is it what, is it Malik Cunningham? Is yes. that his name? Yeah. I don't know the uh, the Patriots did make history though, because mm. the, they lost ten to six to the Colts, mm. ten to seven to the Giants, mm. and six to zero to the Chargers, mm-hmm. and uh, that means they lost three games while holding teams to ten or fewer points. Right, and I heard that happened, yesterday. Uh, I forget the the stat. I think it was fifty eight to three or something like that. They're the only team <laughs> to do that. Since 1930. Yeah, I and I think the last team to do this was Chicago, something like the Chicago, Chicago Cardinals. Chicago, yeah, yeah, back when the Cardinals <laughs> were in Chicago. Back when the Chicago when the Cardinals were in Chicago and they were owned by the mafia. They were yeah. owned by a guy who worked for Al Capone. His name is uh I looked it up here. His name is Tommy DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know who it was? Who was it? It's the grandfather, like it's still in the family. It's the Bidwell family. Bidwell, okay. Michael Bidwell, who owns the Cardinals now, it's it was wow. his grandfather who still who owned the team back then. Man, but back then they uh, they <laughs> lost 
They lost some games, 10-0, 7-0, 6-0, and 7-3. Yeah. Uh, but that's in 1938 when you probably weren't really throwing out routes and shit. <laughs> that was before the uh, legalization the of the pass. forward pass. <laughs> Fucking trash ass Patriots, man. It's so great to see them being so bad and to waste such a good defense. This yeah. defense held the Chargers with all of yeah. their firepower and this yeah. uh, supposedly, you know, generational quarterback to six yeah. points. I mean, this is one of those kissing your sister games, man. I don't have anything else to say about that, man. Fuck them. Yeah. Yeah, terrible. Terrible football. You want to move on to the next one or you got more? A hundred percent. Like I'm already sick to my stomach just even like talking about that game. It's horrible. (laughs) Uh, The Saints out here trying to make an upset. The Lions were beating that ass early in the game and then the Saints Mm -hmm. started. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, I will take Carr out and we'll bring in Jameis. See what Jameis can do for you. The Uh, Lions. Ultimately, uh, yeah. Lions fucked around and very nearly found out <laughs> because they were blowing out yeah. the Saints. Um, I mean, this was like they were the the first um, the first quarter. I mean, they dropped twenty one points on the Saints in the first quarter alone. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was you know between uh, you know I think they had a touchdown to to Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, David Montgomery had a touchdown, and this fucking rookie tight end, Sam Laporta. Yeah, I mean, he's he's on the verge of of breaking a tight end rookie tight end record as well, uh, on pace to beat um, Mike Ditka's record. Oh shit! Not uh, nine receptions for 140 yards and a touchdown. God damn! I mean, that's um, that's some shit. So they were. They were running away with this thing, uh, and then the Saints started to climb back into it. Um, that being said, that <laughs> I feel – I actually do feel bad for Derek Carr. This this whole Derek Carr experience seems like it has fully soured down yeah. in New Orleans. Yeah. One of the things that I noticed when I was watching the game is that he would leave the field so that they could do a Taysom Hill play, right, and then every time Carr would trot back onto the field when the play was over, the entire Superdome crowd would boo. Um, Damn. I mean, not that I'm surprised. Saints fans are the worst. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, Carr. He I gives mean, you he, the best chance of all the quarterbacks <clears throat> on your roster. I mean, you want Taysom Hill to keep playing? We saw what that looked like. I guess in, in all fairness to Saints fans, um, Maybe they're not necessarily booing Derek Carr. Maybe they're just booing the organization, which I would agree with. Like, you should boo the organization. Because I don't really see Derek Carr as being that much of an upgrade from Andy Dalton, who they had in the room last year. Yeah. Like, I think Andy Dalton would have done better than this, for sure. Yeah. I would. I mean, James Wilson, Winston is at least exciting. It gave you some fireworks. Yeah. It might make, you, might make you lose some stress, some sleep up because of stress, but... I mean, yeah, Derek Carr, I, I I feel bad for Derek Carr because he, I mean, he's out here literally putting his body on the line. I mean, he, he leaves this game. I, I mean, when he left the game, like when they put the thing up on the screen, it's like, uh, what was it? It said shoulder, sh- like shoulder rib concussion. Like it was like, <laughs> he, he, I was like, take your pick. Like, which reason do you want for him leaving the game? I mean, the guy's just absolutely getting hammered back there. Yeah. Um, 
He's like, all I wanted was Devontae Adams, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. all I wanted, man. And now I'm over here in, in New Orleans. It's, uh, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I mean, look, the Lions are 9-3 and three for the first time since 1962. That's the good news. First time since the Cuban Missile Crisis, for Christ's sakes. That's like <laughs> I love when they throw these out. <laughs> that is crazy. Uh, since before Kennedy was shot. Yeah, it, <laughs> I'm pretty sure this year Marilyn Monroe died. Actually, oh wow. Um, but it's um, it's I, I'd be a little worried if I was a Lions fan. They're on this yeah. weird roller coaster at the moment. Yeah. Um, they don't seem consistent enough to pull this thing off. Yeah, I mean, there's they do make it fun to watch. I'll say that, uh, and they're a fun team to root for. Uh, and I certainly appreciate the fact that they beat the Saints and um, you know created a little space for my Falcons to uh, sit uh, a little more comfortably on the perch above everyone in the NFC South, which obviously brings us to our next game. Yes, a complete and utter barn burner, thirteen to eight. A shit bowl brought to you by Xlex. <laughs> it was a shootout. Uh, <laughs> a shit out. <laughs> a shit out. Yeah, you're right. It was kind of a shit out. A good old fashioned slobber knocker. A slobber. Remember slobber knocker. I remember slobber knocker. Mm-hmm. This feels like a slobber knocker. Um, hey. Desmond Ritter did not turn the ball over. I could say that. Mm -hmm. Um, He was 12 for 27, 121 yards. That's not great. Uh, He threw a really nice touchdown pass to, um, I don't know, I guess we're just like, we don't care that much about Kyle Pitts. We're going to throw touchdowns to Mecole Pruitt instead. Um, It was a great catch, though. Is there there Kyle Pitts buzz talk? Oh, yeah. There's – you know what, actually? No, I – it's not really Kyle Pitts bus talk. I think most people are putting it on Arthur Smith. Hmm. Most people are putting it on him because there's such a long stretch of the season. Well, okay, for the was two years. Pick? Was he on the team? Mm-hmm. Was Arthur mm-hmm. Smith? Okay. Pretty sure that was his first year. Um, so you have the two years, two and two and this season of Kyle Pitts. Plus this year with B. John Robinson, Arthur Smith has shown that he's not always great at putting the ball in the hands of his best players. So I think Kyle Pitts has largely dodged the talk about busts mostly because of Arthur Smith. Okay. Um, and to be fair in this game, obviously we're going up against uh, the Tim Boyle led jets. Uh, so that wasn't that scary. Mm. Um and then Tim Boyle gets benched for Trevor Simeon, also not scary. That's who should um, start for them. I don't know, man. <clears throat> I mean, of course, as a Falcons fan, I I just kind of assume that somehow this 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 cocktail of Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon would <laughs> would would equal an L for the Falcons somehow. It didn't though. I mean, the defense played great. I'll say that no. uh, the Falcons defense played really really well as did the Jets defense. The weather was terrible, had a huge effect on the game, um, which was true. The Jets defense, man. All the way from, you know, it was really funny to see, like, every game that was happening on the East Coast, there must have been a massive storm that was affecting every, like, all the way down to Miami, too. It was raining in Miami, was it not? Yeah, but it rains every day in Miami. No, but, I mean, it was like there was some kind of weather system. Like, it was, like, all the way from Miami up to New York, and New England, like it was just dreadful, dreadful, dreadful weather. It's because they don't recycle in America. 
God is punishing them for not God's recycling. Them. God is just peeing all over everybody. <clears throat> the funniest part of this game was when the Jets was it the first? Well, that was the first. Yeah, the first points to be scored in this game was the Jets getting a oh, safety. safety. Man, so, that's the worst safety. That's the deepest safety I've ever seen. Besides, <laughs> it was a terrible besides call. Dan too. Orlovsky stepping out of the back of the end zone. Yeah, this was the uh, worst. It was a terrible call. It, it was, was never going to work. What do you what, pitch, <clears throat> pitch sweep? Like what is this? Why are you messing around, man? Get yeah. out of the end zone. Yeah, exactly. And the guy and the left tackle just gets pushed all the way back into him, and he just falls. Yeah, the <laughs> the offensive line just completely collapsed. Uh, for for a good stretch in this game, the score was two nothing to the Jets, and I was like, "What if we lose this game two to nothing? Wouldn't that be hilarious? Like that would be <laughs> that would be a new level of like accidentally lose, losing as an art form. What are you, you Patriots? Yeah, exactly. What are we, the Patriots? Uh, fortunately for us, uh, they did manage to score a few more points. They had the, you know, the one touchdown and then the rest of it was, was all young way coup. We, we couldn't run the ball. They, they couldn't run the ball. We got a, we got some turnovers too. We got a, uh, we couldn't do diddly poo offensively. We couldn't make a first down. We couldn't run the ball. We got a pick out of Tim Boyle. We forced Dalvin cook to fumble. Uh, Trevor Simeon fumbled the ball away as well. So we, we won the turnover battle and it was just kind of a, yeah, it was a defensive slobber knocker. And somehow we managed to come out on top because the jets don't really have an offense. And now they have this weird controversy there at the moment, which I'm not really sure I understand. Um, I just read about it this morning. What's the controversy? Controversy is that the jets, according to these two reporters at the athletic, the Jets uh, have decided they're going to go back to Zach Wilson. But Zach Wilson has said, uh, no, thank you. What? No, I don't really. However, very quickly, uh, Robert Sala called a press conference and said, that's ridiculous. If, if Zach Wilson had said, no, I don't want to start, he wouldn't be here. So okay. I don't know where they're getting that information, but it's not true. Okay. But it's not really unlike the, I mean, like the athletic is not known for some, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's, I mean, it, they're not known for one of these goofy organizations who just right. says stuff without, yeah, without some exactly source to back it up. So right. I'm, so it, it's kind of an ongoing confusion here. I'm not really sure what's going on. Ooh, we got um, to keep an eye on that one. Yeah. So we'll see. But, Again. We gotta hit up his mom. Hmm. Zach Wilson's mom. I I have her. She's in my DMs. We I have, know. Yeah, we, we have. Gonna, we have communicated yeah, before. One degree. Yeah. I mean, I'm. She and I are like this. We're super we tight. Try to get her on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> she would never come on this pod. Uh, we'd be like, "Come on, man. We did this for you." <laughs> Man, uh, the shock of the weekend for me was the Cardinals putting up 24 on the Steelers. Hmm. And when I first saw it, I was like, damn, how did that happen? How did the Steelers lose to the Cardinals? And then I started watching the game, and I saw saw Kenny Pickett get hurt with Hmm. a Derek Carr type of injury, (laughs) uh, face, elbow, knuckle, (laughs) everything. And he's out. And uh, Trubisky is just a loser. I don't know what else to say, man. Trubisky is a loser. I love how, like, the first thing he did when he came into the game, Trubisky, was fumble the snap. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. 
<laughs> so it's basic, man. <laughs> you know better than that, baby. <laughs> Just do your fucking uh, the first part. This was one of the weirder games on the East Coast with a massive weather delay. Like they, they are two. Two massive weather delays. I think it, it was wasn't just rain; it was also lightning and yeah. shit. So they they actually cleared the stadium. Like the fans had to leave and everything. Um, ultimately, the Steelers proved that firing Matt Canada is not some kind of magic wand for their offense. I was not buying this. I, last week, a lot of people were saying like, "Oh, they they went over four hundred yards. They fixed everything." And I was like, "Yeah, but they only scored sixteen points. Yeah. Like they went over four four hundred yards, and they only managed to score sixteen points. There's still a problem there, and it showed up in this game too. And to be fair, Kenny Pickett he they, he got injured fairly late in this game. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was there for most of it. Um, he only threw 10 passes. <clears throat> 70 yeah. yards. I know. Um, so many, man, this is the worst year of quarterbacking I've ever seen in my lifetime That I, since I've been follow, like truly following football. Yeah. And I came up during the running game. You know what I'm saying? Dur- during when it was run first. When, they, when, <laughs> yep. the, when the guys like Sean Alexander would have a year of like the premier – player on the team when running backs mm. would be the mvp when you had your uh priest holmes years and stuff like that with these guys that go like for three years terrell davis and stuff like that and i still haven't seen quarterbacking like this we're putting up fucking 70 seven for 10 70 yards it's, it's pretty bad 117 uh, yards for trubisky so can he pick it the his big problem was that he left the game with an ankle injury Apparently he has already had ankle surgery yesterday. He had this like oh, yeah, yeah. this tightrope surgery, mm-hmm. um, which it has a pretty quick turnaround. It's kind of hard to say how much time he's going to miss, but they're not going to put him on injured reserve because they think he could be back. Like, I don't know. They're basically saying two, three, four weeks. So I don't know. I don't know when he's going to come back, but Regardless, they're going to have to roll with Mitch Trubisky for the rest of, for the majority of the season. Uh, I don't. I, I'm. I again. I thought the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to fall out of the playoff picture anyway, um, and now I'm convinced that they will. Um, the interesting thing about this game is that it was it, it was three to three for a very long time, and then the game yeah. kind of turned on its head. Uh, the Cardinals yeah. got a huge goal line stand, turned yeah. the ball over on downs which means they get the ball at the one-yard line, and then Baby Yoda puts together a 15-play, 99-yard touchdown yeah. drive. James Conner was balling back in Pittsburgh where he used to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, rookie tight end Trey McBride was f- phenomenal as well. Um, and and this drive essentially allowed the Cardinals to snatch all the momentum and just dominate this game for the rest of the way. Yeah, man. It was impressive. Uh, I'm looking to see how the Steelers are going to bounce back from this, man. I, I don't. What kind of game plan do you have with Mitch Trubisky? I don't see it. I don't see it. I really don't. I think they will. I think I. I predict they will fall out of the playoffs. I mean, shit. Even the Bengals now suddenly have a chance to sneak into the playoffs after what happened last night. We'll get to that in a little while. But yeah, man. I mean, yeah. Next game is the uh, Dolphins <clears throat> play the Commanders. Dolphins won forty-five to fifteen, and then after that, we got the uh, Broncos are playing the. Uh, <laughs> You're right. We'll talk more about the Dolphins, the number one team in the AFC. Miami Dolphins came out. Fucking Tyreek Hill is trying to solidify his his 
run as a, the first wide receiver to get MVP, man. Yeah. In the league, as far as I can remember. I don't remember a wide receiver ever getting it. But he might get that shit. He's he's coming he's five hundred yards away from from uh two thousand yards. Yeah. And Dude, especially especially considering as you just so eloquently stated, uh the poor nature of quarterback play this year. And, and I yeah. said it a few weeks ago. I, I was like, given the quarterback situation in the NFL this year, I, I just feel like this is the year we're going to see somebody, a non-quarterback, maybe have a real legitimate shot at, at winning the MVP. I mean, Tyreek, I mean, I, it's like, you know what's crazy about this it, it, is that they were talking about this on the broadcast that, that Tua has one of the quickest release times in the NFL. Less mm-hmm. than three seconds. Yeah. And yet this motherfucker, Tyreek Hill, is already he's already 30 yards down yeah, the yeah, field yeah. within two point whatever seconds and behind the secondary and on his way to scoring a massive 78-yard fucking touchdown. On that um, one, he just he and he can run routes too. Like he breaks yeah. that motherfucker down, got him on his hip, and he's gone. And Tua mm. saw it immediately. Because mm. Reek does the st- stutter step, then he's gone, and the safety's in the middle of the field, frozen by Tua's eye discipline, and all of a sudden, mm. the ball's out. It's gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's great. I mean, the it's funny that before the year, every analyst had the caveat, if Tua can stay healthy. Mm. And he's one of the only quarterbacks <laughs> in the league that hasn't been hurt at all. Yeah. If Tua yeah. can stay healthy, the, the dude is... Balling too, like well. Obviously, your offensive line has been really, really good all year. Not and only beat protect- up, and beat up. The offensive yeah. line has had injuries throughout the year too. I think not that's only- on uh, 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 Mike McDaniel. Sorry to cut you off. Mm-hmm. Not only protecting Tua, but also allowing this run game um, to be a real mm-hmm. revelation this year. Yeah. Um, most of got most of his third in rushing in the league, mm-hmm. and, and I think. Doesn't he lead the league in touchdowns? In touchdowns, yeah, sixteen touchdowns. Yeah, it's amazing. Achan <laughs> was back. Uh, he had seventy-three yards and two touchdowns. That was nice to see because yeah. you know he he returned his his return from injury has been a little sketchy. You were kind of worried, yeah. like what's going to happen with this guy. But I feel like this was the game where it was like, okay, yeah, he's back. Um, we lost another piece though. Yeah, on on that one score, the um. The, the Cardinals, I mean, the uh, Commanders had that score. Uh, Jerome Baker, you can see his mm. knee get destroyed yep. by yep. Um, his own player trying to stop the touchdown. I mean, he did stop the touchdown <clears throat> successfully. Brandon Jones, who just got back from injury. Mm. Uh, but the Dolphins defense really coming on, uh, and but losing players. Two very important players down two weeks in a row. Mm. So hopefully they yeah. can uh, and and that's also another another part of why I think the Dolphins have got like especially lately their defense has been really really stout, yeah, uh, and difficult to deal with. They were all over Sam Howell, mm. um, you know they gave up a couple of big plays, but nothing too Mm-mm. too Van damaging. Kinkle. Van Kinkle was balling. Van Kinkle, I love that dude. Unbelievable. More that on pick, him later. Pick six, right? <laughs> yes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Just went up yeah. there and got it. Just give me that shit. But I'm not even I have nothing else to say about that game because uh it's just, just you get used to it, you know? Because you're just so excited <laughs> to talk about Houston, Texas, Denver Broncos. Just can't wait to get there. Uh, 
I'm just excited, man. This was also another weird one. This was um, Texans kind of looked like they were cruising. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, full credit to the Broncos for clawing back. Obviously, a little almost too, won it. Too little, too late. Um, one one that interception <laughs> was like they were in the red zone for the victory. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Russ, Russ makes. I mean, it was the right read. It was just a great defensive play. So mm. um, kudos to the Texans, man. Just seven to, five. To me, I think one of the things that I, I took away from this game specifically was watching this rookie D lineman Will Anderson Jr. for the Texans. Just he's just a he was just a game wrecker. Uh, he was out there just you, you know. I feel like he was primarily the one responsible for why it took so long for the Broncos to score points. Um, bad news for the Texans. Tank Dell leaves this game uh, there oh, yeah. with a broken fibula. Yeah, Huge, huge loss. This connection between C.J. Stroud and Tank Dell has been the yeah. story of the league for the last like three or four weeks. Um, you know, luckily – as far as the Texans are concerned in this game in particular, you still got Nico Collins who had nine receptions for 191 yards and a touchdown, which is just like (laughs) unbelievable. Um, So, yeah, but look, the Russell Wilson performance is always for me is like kind of hard to unpack in one way. He did play his ass off late and damn near won the game. Um, great performance in the final minutes, but he did throw three interceptions in in the fourth quarter, one was like right at the end of the third quarter. But he threw three second half interceptions, including the game clinching pick in the end that you referred to. Um, you know, it's just um, I don't know. Yeah, so I mean, it's like man. <laughs> yeah, um, and they missed a real opportunity, obviously, in a, in a week where. As we'll get to it, the mm-hmm. you know the Chiefs dropped the game as well. So yeah, mm, yeah. I mean, shout out to the Texans, honestly, because I feel like you know, given things are looking a little shaky at the top of the AFC South with the Jaguars, we don't know how bad the Trevor Lawrence injury is. We don't know how much if he's going to miss significant time. But now you have the Houston Texans and and the Indianapolis Colts, both sitting at seven and five, only one game behind first place in the AFC yeah. South. So it's like things could get real interesting over spicy there. down there, man. Mm-hmm. Then we've got an NFC shootout between the Bucks <laughs> and the uh, Panthers. Yeah. Came down to Mike Evans making – man, Mike Evans quietly having a Hall of Fame career. He's got him a Super Bowl, and he's got 10 seasons with 1,000 yards. I didn't, even, I didn't know that. It's crazy. I didn't know that. That's uh, so. Shout out to him. That's probably the only thing I can take away from this game. It seems like these are two teams that'll be uh, watching the playoffs like us from their goddamn couches. So uh, definitely, the, the Panthers are officially eliminated from the playoff race, and the Bucks are five and seven. And I don't know, man. I guess in the NFC maybe, but they're gonna have to win some more some more games. They're only one game behind the Falcons, and we play each yeah. other next week. So, yeah, so, still, so they yeah, still have place. a they still have a shot. It turns out the first coach fired thing doesn't really mean shit if you're a really bad football team like the Carolina Panthers. Well, it's not um, technically it's not the first coach fired. 
Not oh, the first. I didn't mean for. Yeah. I meant coach fired. Yeah, first game after the coach fired oh, yeah. is what I meant. I mean, they just the problem in in Carolina remains the same. Um, I I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to suggest that Bryce Young is a bust. It's too early to say that. Yeah. But what I can say is that, and also I, I feel like it would be unfair to call him a bust until you have the opportunity to actually build a team around this guy you've spent the last two years gutting this team for draft picks and and you're just the rebuild it's not done you're not done you're remodeling you're remodeling the kitchen but you're not done yet it's not done Bryce Young is out here you their running back room is Chuba Hubbard and Miles Sanders pathetic uh and wide receivers you've got a Jonathan Mingo who's very promising I think could get better um DJ Chark are you kidding me? And then, uh, and then a fucking seventy-five-year-old Adam Thielen. This is not. <laughs> I mean, he's had a great year. I don't want to yeah. begrudge him. Like he's he's had a good year, but this is not. This is not a sustainable offense for me. Um, and you can't do it if you keep changing the visions. Like exactly, like, you got coach fired, and another coach coach fired, and it's like, how are you gonna? Have all of these assets and then keep shifting the vision. It's just you got to give him top down. You got to give one guy time to build something. Um, you know, as much as I don't want Arthur Smith to be my coach at this point, I at least respect what the organization has done. Mm-hmm. Right? They were like, "Look, you're inheriting a shit show. We're going to give you a couple of years to put this thing together." You, you can't just fire Frank yeah. Reich after after 11 11 games games, because he can't win now with this shit fucking roster. I'm sorry, but again, David Tepper's a fucking moron. (laughs) Um, the, uh, the Browns kind of tried to put up a fight, but Mm -hmm. the Rams stomped that shit out and are now six and six. How about Joe Flacco? Joe Flacco, man, coming out there. Uh, he always looks really worried. Like he's like scared about like he's he's fo- he's thinking about his tax situation or something. <laughs> he look like that. Like just oh shit, I forgot to uh, sign my fucking W. <laughs> he looked pretty good early in the game. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. I'm just saying his uh, face and his helmet. He just looked. Yeah, good. yeah. But I just mean like he he, you he know, better than I, any quarterback they've uh, they put out there this year. Oh yeah, I 100. percent I was making fun of this. I was like thinking to myself, yeah. Joe Flacco in 2023. What the fuck are we doing here? This is ridiculous. But he looked really, really good in the beginning. Very nicely weighted touch passes that he was kind of floating in there. Perfectly yeah. thrown balls. He seemed to have a real connection with with Amari Cooper yep. early on in the game. Um, but the Rams eventually came to life yeah. and decided not to embarrass themselves. Yes. Um, and then and it took a while. I mean, it, this game was pretty close. Yeah. Late, uh, I think the score, the score suggests that 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 this was a blowout. But you know, no, th- this game was, was like this was a one score game until the fourth quarter, and then the Rams put up sixteen points in the fourth quarter. Um, Puka Nakua looked fantastic. I think yeah. he left the game with a he slight injury, yeah. but I think he's going to be okay. Oh, good. 105 yards and a touchdown. Cooper Cup had a touchdown. Kieran Williams was out here balling. Um, and Matthew Stafford, my man, former Bulldog, I'm telling you, he he looked really good in this game. Um, Are we done anointing the Browns as the 85 Bears? Remember that? Like two weeks ago? 
Oh when yeah, they, I think it's starting to... about that's the best defense since <clears throat> the blah 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 since the Ravens and all that shit. And then they gave up twenty nine points to the Broncos, and now they've given up thirty six points to the Rams. Let's pump the brakes, all right, on this uh, hyperbole. It's starting to fall apart. I mean, they're obviously they're dealing with some injuries and whatnot, and also, I think I think one of the real problems is is that you cannot continue to play at that level on defense if your offense mm-hmm. can't. Mm-hmm. Can't give you some time, time to breathe. to catch your breath. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? It's like, um, so yeah. I, I this is also I, I expect the Browns to fall out of the playoffs as well. Yeah, in my opinion, I, I think we got what four, five games left. Um, yeah, man. So I don't know. We'll see. I don't know what their schedule is for the rest of the way, but it's I don't know. I don't expect to see them in the playoffs. Um. I kind of want to look at their schedule because they got they're playing the Jaguars who don't have a quarterback anymore. Mm-hmm. Then they play the Bears. Then mm-hmm. they play Texans, Jets, Bengals. They could win it's possible. four of those games. It's possible. So we can't, we can't count them out yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. They got they got Joe Joey Flack. <laughs> Jay Flack. Jay Flack out here. Jay, Jay Flack. <laughs> That's Super Bowl winning quarterback right there. It's Super Bowl MVP, right? Yeah. Just throw it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did. That. He tried that, to be fair, and he got picked off. He just threw it up, <laughs> and he got picked off. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, speaking of throw up, the uh, Eagles also. <laughs> that was a great segue, actually. <laughs> no, we had us, uh, I was so excited for this game. The game of the week, the 49ers and the Eagles. But then... And it was tight at first. They were like, there was a defensive battle at first, and then something clicked, and the 49ers were like, oh, yeah, we're better than you, and beat the dog snot out of the uh, <clears throat> Eagles for the rest of the year. The Eagles owned the first quarter on offense and defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right, it did. It felt like the 49ers just like flipped a switch mm-hmm. and just took over the game and scored six straight touchdown drives. Big time statement win for the 49ers. They exposed yeah. the Cowboys a few weeks ago, and now they've exposed the Eagles, pants down, no undies, tiny micro mm-hmm. penis, flapping in the wind. <laughs> Eagles just could not keep up with the 49ers physically or mentally. 
besides the 49ers D balling out in the secondary, stifling the run game, um, I felt like Hertz was holding on to the ball for too long. Yeah, man. To be honest. He might have been a little confused. Um, and I guess you a touch push in there. I mean, I guess you could say that that's because everyone was covered, uh, you know, but honestly, the coaching staff should have picked up on this and figured out some kind of way to adjust. I mean, we've, we've been giving a lot of credit to Mr. Each and everyone in the building for his ability to adjust in game all year. Um, but this time it didn't really work out for him. I got a question uh, for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, how much credit can you give on a percentage percentage basis what percentage of this victory this blowout victory of what everyone said was the number one team in football how much of this credit goes to Kyle Shanahan <laughs> I mean my instincts are to be as petty as possible here <laughs> Like, I could point to and shine a light on the, you know, offense and defensive coordinators. I could shine a light on the fact that, you know, when you have a player like Debo Samuel who can catch the ball on a five-yard pass and then take it 48 yards to the house, um, you know, I could point to the fact that you have Christian McCaffrey who might be a legitimate MVP player like that has nothing to do with Kyle Shanahan how did he get on the team how did, how did, but how did, in all honesty like I, I gotta say I, I don't know how much whatever I this is you got I, I even I cannot pretend that uh, Kyle Shanahan does not deserve credit for beating man. the breaks you know, off beating the break I mean they didn't just like beat the Philadelphia Eagles I mean they beat the living snot out of them yes. um so Hurts yeah, didn't even I, finish the game. He just sat on the <clears> sideline <throat> and they put the backup in. I really, I don't wave the white flag. I, I got nothing. Checkmate on uh, this week, anyway. Yeah, man. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, this game. The one of the more interesting aspects of this game is that it got real feisty. Mm, I can't okay? wait to see this in the playoffs, bro. There were a bunch of fights. Uh, these two big teams. dumb. You heard about big dumb. Clearly hate each other, and I'm Did here you see for the situation. it. I want to talk about this. Okay. So, you got for those of you who didn't see it, you had Drake Greenlaw. Um, the, I don't the, even the, really the think. Pistol. I gotta say, okay, Devonta Smith catches the ball. Mm-hmm. Two 49ers kind of converge. Mm-hmm. Devonta Smith is fighting for extra yardage. Yeah. So. I don't really – I don't even think Greenlaw should have been penalized for the tackle. They, they no. said it was unnecessary roughness, but he he wrestles and twists him down onto the ground. I, I, I honestly don't see – I get why they threw the flag, but I didn't necessarily agree with it. It was right by the Eagles bench. And then all of a sudden this giant 400-pound man decides to insert himself into the situation – and kind of lays hands on Drake Greenlaw. And I don't know what he's saying to him, but he's obviously saying something to him and pushes him back. And then Drake Greenlaw reaches. Some people are saying that Greenlaw threw a punch. I wouldn't call that a punch. No, uh, he was he was emulating holding a pistol in his hand. Was that what he's doing? He's doing like this, yeah. He's like. Ah, uh, okay. I 
kind Interesting. Of put, it kind that of makes more sense. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, he's emulating holding pistol and puts it in his face like, you're dead, boy. Hmm. It was some uh, some gangster <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, and, uh, so, and, and Greenlaw is maybe one of the top five scariest players in the NFL. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Uh, Big Dom and <laughs> Big Dom out here. They, they said the guy's name is Big Dom. Yeah, out here uh, supposed to be a, a so this, fight. <laughs> so the situation played out like this: the the um, that that whole scuffle takes place, and then as it's happening, we learn that this gentleman that Jonathan keeps referring to as Big Dom is the head of Eagles Security. Yeah. Um, this is not a person in my opinion, who, first of all, he's standing there on the sidelines and as Greenlaw makes the tackle, he's there like sort of, you know, trying to encourage the referee to acknowledge that this is a penalty and, and, and and throw a flag. And then, and then when you find out this guy's not a coach, the head of security, why is the head of security standing right there on the edge of the sidelines is, is my first question. Second question is, why are you allowing him to argue with the referee? This man has nothing to do. He's not a coach. He's not a coordinator. He His job is to protect the team off the field. And, and also from like if the fans decide yeah. to, you know. He should like, be looking the other way. He should he not should be. should be always in danger of getting his legs <clears throat> taken out by a player flying out of bounds because he's not looking. He needs yeah. to be looking out in the stands, making sure there's no threats like that. This is not a person who who is really like – as far as I understand by league rules is not really someone who should be inserting himself into anything related to the game itself. Um, So they eject Drake Greenlaw first um, for, you know, putting his hands in in this dude's face. Um, I mean, this took like what, 10, 15 minutes to play itself out. Uh, And then, Obviously, Shanahan's beside himself. He's angry, yelling at the at the refs about the situation, uh, and then that leads to them ejecting this Eagles security guy yeah. from from the game as well. Um, if you watch I, closely on the replay, like when Shanahan's yelling, you can see the silver spoon fall out of his mouth. I know so exactly. A- <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I to be <clears throat> to be fair, I thought it was really cool that Sirianni after the game. Mm. Uh, you know, obviously Shanahan had a lot to say about this situation after the game and Sirianni could have said a lot of things, but he basically agreed with Shanahan. He said, yeah, um, our head of security should not have been that he, that he should not have, he shouldn't have done what he did. He shouldn't have been there. He shouldn't have been in that situation. That was a mistake. So we are still waiting Obviously, the league. One. It's a weird one to punish. How how do you punish? Do you like find the team? You know what I mean. Ban well, it's the weird. guy from the game. It's like, what do you do? Well, the other weird thing too is that because he inserted the only reason Dre Greenlaw gets ejected is because this guy inserted himself into the yeah. situation. So now, not only is it unfair in the sense that you you've penalized Greenlaw and ejected him from the game, he's a player. Ejecting a player versus ejecting the head of security is is not an even no. thing to me. And now we're going to have obviously there's going to be fines coming from the NFL. Yeah. Um. And I think everybody's kind of waiting to see how that's going to play out. 
obviously to the Philadelphia Eagles fans, this guy, Big Dom, everybody knew who he was anyway in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, but now he's going to, he's going to turn in. I mean, he in, instantly became a, a Philly legend at that moment. Um, passing uh, in passing. I want to mention that the Eagles fans were snowball bombing some 49ers fans that were there and watched to what to support their team <clears throat> as they trounced the Eagles. And it's just like, actually. So I thought the same thing. Okay. Turns out that was a clip from several years ago oh, okay. that somebody reposted. <laughs> okay. But yeah. Okay. I thought that too. I thought that too. Um, but then when I looked at it, I realized it was a clip from several years ago. The, the tr- It's still true that the Eagles fans are the worst people on the face of the planet. I mean, 100%. <laughs> Shout out to my boy Marco. He listens to us. He's an Eagles fan. <laughs> Even though, obviously, I, I mean, I, I feel conflicted. I think Eagles fans are horrible, but the team is full of Georgia Bulldogs, and I kind of want them to win a Super Bowl. So, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm conflicted. They've always been like my secondary team. Uh, <clears throat> I've been a fan of them since the – Shit, they're a team that gave a back in the day when it was unpopular. They gave a black quarterback a shot and a black coach. Yeah, that's so true. Ah, like, oh, shout out to them. They gave Michael Vick another chance after he yeah, got out of prison. Uh, that Reed, was pretty cool. Yeah, they had a they had a um, a fat coach too. It is a team of brotherly love for real. <laughs> so again, this uh, <laughs> yeah, this win obviously shook up the NFC. Something serious. Um, Next yeah, up, the Eagles play the Cowboys in Dallas, and Huge. then they'll be playing the Seahawks in Seattle the week after that. If they're going to keep that number one seed, the Eagles are really going to have to work for it. Uh, I'm kind of starting to feel the 49ers might swipe it from them. I think Dallas could Dallas could mess around if they beat them because mm-hmm. Dallas nine and three. If they beat them next week, they're both ten and three. More than anything, I just hope that the football gods. Will allow us to see these two teams play each other again in the playoffs. Yes, I mean, how great is that going to be? It's going to be dope. Happens. You know, Big Dom will be on the sidelines, uh-huh. far away. <laughs> Sirianni's a class act, by the way. I mean, these two coaches—they're going to be going at it for a long time. You got to be happy about that. These sure. two coaches have the job security mm. of a Swede after working for six months. So. <laughs> <laughs> If only they knew how easy it was. Just move to Sweden. Just move to Sweden. Just keep work your job. Work hard for six months. You're good, man. <laughs> Never get fired, man. You know how long the national team coach should have been fired? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Uh, final game. No, two games left. Chiefs-Packers, man. Upset mm. of the week. Mm-hmm. That, was a, that was a crazy one. I am so upset. This and, was crazy. Uh, uh, I was... I watched this game. Uh, well, I woke up and I like, caught it, and then I watched it from the beginning. You know, and then I just new function on the zone that I really like is that if you're watching on the TV, if you just you could just push the uh, fast forward button and it jumps ten seconds. Mm. So I just mm-hmm. after each play, I just push it three times and I jump thirty seconds forward, and, and it goes right play, to the snap. Right to the yeah. snap, pretty much. Yeah, it's great. I love the new function, but uh, yeah, the uh, I watched this game. And uh, Jordan Love, man, Jordan Love is they show they show a clip of Favre passing like uh, unorthodox, like on his toes, like off the ground, like Mm -hmm. how you're not supposed to do it. 
mm. and then Rogers doing it, and then Love mm. doing it the same way. It's like, did they did they pull this shit off? We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. It's very interesting. <clears throat> I mean, that back of the end zone TD pass to Christian Watson was a work of art. Yes. It was fantastic. And, uh, Jordan, and faith in your player, like confidence. It's like, man. Three total touchdowns, no picks. Um, unfortunately for them, Christian Watson appears to have tweaked his hamstring. Yeah, it looked like it. In it, what no might have been his yeah. best game of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jordan Love had an amazing game. And I don't want to take anything away from him, but I, I feel like we can't really – Mm-mm. move away from this game without talking Mm-mm. about the officiating and no how worst. it was an absolute joke uh, to be fair. Let's be fair about this. The chiefs were in a situation at the end of this game where they needed not just the touchdown, but they needed the two point conversion. So I'm yeah. not trying to say that they were definitely going to win this game. I'm not trying to say that the Packers didn't deserve to win this game. Um, but so obviously <clears throat> the most obvious pass interference I've ever seen in my life with the DB <laughs> literally piggyback riding the receiver. No hey, flag. Saints fans do not agree with you. That one was pretty bad too. Yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> um, but the thing was is that the no flag, it kind of felt like a makeup call mm-hmm. or a makeup non-call yeah. for, for the play before that, which was a late hit on Mahomes that was definitely not a late hit. Shouldn't have been a penalty. But they called it. I mean, he was inbounds. Yeah. Mahomes is known for tightrope in the sidelines. He's also mm-hmm. known for reaching the, the ball, ball out. out. Yeah, and the yeah. guy who hit him, the guy who hit him after the game made a very good point. He said, I was trying to stop his forward progress because if I can stop his forward progress, then that means the clock continues mm-hmm. to run. Exactly. Very legitimate thing. Another Mahomes, call they missed. Another call they missed. Exact, exactly. Later in the game. And then there was the one where they ruled it was it was a catch that was ruled a fumble mm-hmm. which Still led to yeah. <clears throat> which led to Pacheco getting into a fight and then he got ejected from the mm-hmm. game and it's like none of that stuff would have happened had they yep. made the right call from the first good things. point it, it was just like it, there were so many things that happened like this game was 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 like just a normal, entertaining football game until the last couple of minutes, and then all of a sudden the refs inserted themselves into the game and just played far too central a role in mm-hmm. how it all ended. Um, yeah. It was it, it was a travesty. It was embarrassing, yeah. absolutely embarrassing. Well, like you said, and, and it was I, a good game too. And I think it continues to kind of put in the spotlight that the NFL has a very real problem with officiating because this wasn't the only game. There were lots of games this weekend where the officiating was just absolute trash. And the NFL's probably like, God damn it. On a Sunday night, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everybody's mm-hmm. watching. Mm-hmm. And this happens mm-hmm. when everybody's watching and mm-hmm. man, no good at all, man. Um, that being said, <clears throat> Green Bay Packers deserve to win this football game. Yeah. They play better. They were the better team on the field. They played great. They beat the Chiefs fair and square. Um, and, you know, now it looks like, I mean, n- nobody's out here saying the, ch- the Chiefs are obviously still going to make the playoffs. But the one thing that's kind of interesting about this is is that this will be the first year um, 
where they're probably going to have to they're going to have to play playoff games away from Arrowhead Stadium. They they have normally had the comfort of of maintaining the one seed and having the the Super Bowl playoff or having the playoffs run through Kansas City, and that's not going to happen this year. So they normally really... have, and they have one of the few stadiums left that have like it's like actual home field advantage. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you know that's kind of gone away a bit. And now the Packers are back in the playoff picture, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Is that right? Never, it seems like everybody is but the Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> the NFL, yeah. the NFL, besides the Panthers, are in the playoff picture. Yeah. Uh, final game. Sad game. Not just mm. because the Bengals won, but uh, because another top quarterback looks to be done for an extended amount of time. I don't mm. know if you saw the injury. I did. That's the thing everybody comes out of this talking about. That uh, and Christian Kirk got hurt at the early in the game, mm-hmm. which ruined our bet. By the way, fucked up on parlay. <laughs> fucked up parlay up. Christian Kirk gets hurt. His backup receiver or the guy comes in to replace him, and uh, Trevor Lawrence T. Law was trying to do a quick route to this guy who mm. runs the wrong route. So mm. Lawrence has to kind of reset, and the line and the lineman steps on his ankle because of this. Mm, his so, own lineman. His own lineman yeah. steps on his ankle because he had to reset and figure it out because the guy runs the wrong fucking route. So I know he's just like, God damn it. It's like so, the chain of uh, chain reaction to all of the like domino effect or whatever. Uh, but mm. then he gets rolled up on after his ankle uh, gets stepped on and then he falls backwards awkwardly on his knee. So he could have a double injury in that same leg. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he's like flexible enough to not have uh, any structural damage in his knee, but... It did not look good, man. And then no, they didn't was... bring a card out. Mm. They have a, images. I saw the images of him walking, uh, like being led with guys on each arm mm. all the way into the tunnel. <laughs> it's like, get him a cart. Why are you mm. putting any weight on the leg, man? Let's see. Ah, it sucks, man. And he was slamming his helmet on the ground like he knew. He tried to walk off the field and he couldn't. So it looks mm. really bad, man. But, uh, Jacksonville looked good, man. Uh, he's one of the best honeypot throwers, as I always mention. Mm. Uh, he threw a few of those. It's a back shoulder. He was looking good. Um, and then, you know, Browning was out there holding it down. And despite uh, a lackluster performance from Zach, Zach Taylor, who got to play the anthem for him. Return of the whack man, Whack Taylor out here tried to lose this game. <laughs> this is so absurd. I so <clears throat> I woke up this morning, and usually what I do on on Tuesday morning, I, I wake up, I open up, you know, to see who won the game, and then I look at the box score before, just out of curiosity. Mm-hmm. What are, what are the, what can I what can I learn from just looking at these numbers? <laughs> um, <clears throat> And I could not, for the life of me, understand. Jake, first of all, I was shot. I was like, "Holy shit!" The, the Bengals won this game, and then I'm like, "God, D- Jake Browning is 32 for 37, 354 yards and a touchdown. That is some next level passing accuracy." Yeah. On what planet do you think that it's necessary to allow Tyler Boyd, Boyd and Jamar Chase to throw a pass in this game? Yeah. 
What was so dumb? What are you doing? He's balling. I think at the time he was 17 for 19 or something like that. It was crazy. They were talking about how he's not throwing incomplete passes. Why? And then they do the second wide receiver pass that ends up getting intercepted at like the 30-yard line. I was like, what is this man doing? That Tyler Boyd interception was was like – Almost as bad as the. Uh, oh yeah, yeah the uh, the the Patriots. Uh. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost as bad as that one from last year. I mean, he throws Myers, it. Whatever. He throws it across the field, directly into the hands of Josh Allen. Uh, that that was hilarious, and and just really really dumb. I thought, um, just just it, Jake Browning was balling. Just let him just let him keep going. Overthinking, uh, man. Overthinking. I mean, he had an amazing game, yeah. obviously. Um, you know, he linked up with Jamar Chase, uh, who caught 11 of his 12 targets for 149 yards and a touchdown. One of them was obviously the big 76-yard touchdown. There was um, balance. It was a balanced attack, too, man. As I watched it, I was yep. like, as I watched it, I was like, you know what? Maybe maybe this is Zach here, not Weck. Mm. Like, he just got a good game plan. And then just got in his own way with this, a couple boneheaded things, and then it, I, I thought the timeout to to set them up to kick the field goal was really stupid. Even I watched the Manning cast too; that was fun to watch, man. Hmm. Uh, and they had Chad Ochocinco on on that part too. Tua came oh. on playing the guitar and shit. It was oh it's nice. A, it's, it's a fun show, man. Tua came on playing the guitar, and then Peyton Manning starts singing about what was happening in the game. <laughs> That's hilarious. He was like, "They're offsides." <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty fun, uh, but yeah, they uh, Manning was like, "Why did he call the timeout? There were 29 seconds left, and they have no timeouts left, so they're gonna and they got tackled in bounds, so they're gonna try to run their kickers and the, the kicking team on. It's like bound for a mistake to happen, mm. like a false start or like maybe not get it off or." They rush and he can't get the hold right or the snap is bad. There's so much stuff that can go wrong. He took all of that away. By calling a timeout, when you already don't trust your quarterback enough to not have two wide receiver passes, so you think he's going to what drive down the field after they make the field goal with 29 seconds left? Now 24 seconds left. Mm. It's so stupid, man. And they got the field goal. They got to regroup and kick calmly to tie mm. the game up and go into overtime. So I thought that was stupid too. But other than that, it was a great setup for Jake Browning, who even was throwing the ball down the field too. Yeah, I mean. Obviously, for me, this is a very um, surprising um, result. Yeah. Um, it it puts, made the Dolphins number one, baby. <clears throat> made the Dolphins number one. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the Bengals are still mathematically in this thing. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I, I think r- the real story here is that it, it shook up the AFC South, which we've already talked about. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah, let's see. What are the well? What we can are... let's talk about the uh, playoff picture when we do the uh, prediction episode. That's a good idea. Let's, let's do dig, that. dig into it then. Let's do um, that. I think uh, I'm ready to get into these superlatives, man. You ready? Let's talk about let's... MVPs and trash and all that. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> my MVP. I gotta go with Mr. All Pro Wiggle Debo Samuel. My God, three hmm. carries for 22 yards and a touchdown. Four targets, four catches, 116 yards, and two touchdowns to perform mm. like that 
even though you've been talking shit about the Eagles all yes. week, providing all that bulletin board material, yeah. he talked his shit. He called the Eagles DBs trash. Mm. And then when the game started, this dude showed up mm. and he showed the fuck out Devo yeah. Samuel. And then in the press conference, you see his, pre- his post game press conference. He yeah. shows up in a, he, did he have a turtle? He had like a black turtle. It looked like or a, a black turtleneck shirt. And the thick chains. Yeah, and, and a leather and a black leather jacket. Yeah. He was like, "Oh yeah, you know, I yeah, I, t- I you know, I talk trash. That's just like part of the game. I hope nobody took that too seriously. It's all just fun." <laughs> and it's like, it's like this motherfucker. He's getting my MVP this week for being yeah, that man. fucking cool. You the real MVP. Uh, and then we had uh, on my end. I got to go with Andrew Van Ginkle of the Miami Dolphins. Oh, yeah. I know I'm biased, partially as a Dolphins fan and partially because I saw every snap that he played. Uh, but I'm going to have to say Andrew Van Ginkle was MVP of the day. Guy was playing with his hair on fire as he has been all season. I've been saying that I think that he did a steroid cycle off season because of how <laughs> the big difference in how he's playing this year than last year. It must be a steroid cycle. He was... Uh, we all we all left MetLife Stadium with a sour taste in our mouths after realizing that we lost one of our top defenders, outside linebacker mm-hmm. Jalen Phillips. Where would that productivity come from? Was the question we all asked. Phillips seemed to be everywhere, and then on Sunday, we all got to see the plan in full effect. And I'm not saying Van Ginkle is Phillips by any means, but I'm also not saying Van Ginkle didn't look like a star of the defense. He was filling run gaps, setting edges, pressuring, hitting Sam Howell, and topped it off with an amazing read of a screen that resulted in him backing off his pursuit like a pro and intercepted a pass and then taking it all the way back for a pick six. That Fangio defense is really coming into shape, and Van Ginkle is starting to thrive in his bigger role. And I have to say, Andrew Van Ginkle. You the real MVP. Yeah, he's a bad uh, man. My trash is a long one, bro. My trash... Brad Allen's, you know Brad Allen. No, you know him. You know you know him because you probably don't like him right now. He's the crew chief, the ref, the head referee of the crew mm. that refereed the Chiefs Packers game. We got us a good Sunday night game, and it could have been an even better game were it not for some horrible officiating in what has already been a poorly uh, refed season of football. Uh, I don't like getting into saying refs change the final outcome of a game, but that just may have been the case in this game. We saw some bad calls early that didn't have game-changing feels, uh, like that bogus late hit call uh, Mahomes got on the sideline because he's him. Uh, <laughs> but that was a bad call, but it was kind of understandable. But that no call on that obvious pass interference that would have put the Chiefs in the red zone was abhorrent. I've seen late flags come out before. Uh, I don't normally like them after the refs huddle and then they throw 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 a flag, but it would have been completely understandable in this case. The guy was draped all over uh, uh, Valdez Scantling, and it created a situation where the Chiefs had to go for a Hail Mary. The team in New York that's watching the game, they're sitting there. That's the thing that's supposed to be a safety thing for all of us. And This was the only game on, so they had to see it. 
How do we let the missed call happen when we have the technology that's required to fix it? How is there no accountability? There was also a point in the game where the crew didn't run the clock when they should have, as you mentioned. Uh, when he when he was uh, held up in bounds, he went sideways to get out of bounds. The defender stopped his forward progress, uh, and then he was awarded a stop clock. Another bad call. Then on the final Hail Mary, Kelsey gets pushed in the back. And I know they never call this, but when the crew sucks ass, I got to be petty and bring up a call that they missed. They, uh, they also forgot the 10-second runoff when they uh, reviewed and overturned the Rice fumble. And that was actually a good call to review and overturn it, but they couldn't get everything right now, could they? The New York team should have caught that. At least say, hey, man, 10-second runoff, don't forget. Since they were in on the review, obviously. So this was horrible. Were the Packers the better team that night? We don't know. Would they have won? Would those plays called correctly? We don't know that either. What we do know is that we should know. And we don't know because they botched a bunch of calls that would have swung a game, and that shouldn't happen. I hope this team doesn't get to ref a playoff game as a punishment for this. Mm. Normally, that's what happens. You don't get a big game. Mm. Uh, and that is, I say that because Brad and your crew. You are trash! Also, <clears throat> those are all great points, by the way. Thank you. The other point that I think is kind of interesting is that, you know, they said on the broadcast, like, regarding the – the uh the the pass interference against Kelsey on the final play of the game like oh you gotta you gotta hit a guy with a crowbar to get a pass interference call on a Hail Mary in my opinion a pass that originates from the 33 yard line that's not a Hail Mary <laughs> good point good point I, 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 I don't we're at the 33 they were at the 33 yard. They were at the Green Bay 33 yard line. I'm sorry, wow. but that's not a hail mary. No, nah, it's just not. It's a pass. Yeah, good point. It's a so, it's a game. It's the end of the game pass. You know, it's a last second throw. But that's it. I not was a hail mary. Of, yeah, we, yeah, we all did treat it like a hail mary. That's a good point. Um. <clears throat> okay. What's your trash? My trash. I'm gonna go with the New York Jets for a lot of reasons, but mostly for forcing <laughs> us to watch both Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon play NFL football in the year 2023. What the fuck are we doing here, Jets? <laughs> if Jets fans had a soul, I might actually feel bad for them because these mm. poor fucks had to sit there in the rain and watch their defense hold a very below average Atlanta Falcons team to only 13 points while still managing to lose the game. This decision to stick with whack Wilson, the decision to bring in Rogers buddy as a backup and just the overall decision to punt on the idea of trying to make a move at the trade deadline to me. I mean, it makes the New York jets the dumbest and most mismanaged football team in the NFL this year. in in my opinion, um, uh, the Jets are fucking trash. You are trash. Who's your? What's your shit? Got learned? I learned the best alternative idea to a relegation league that I think I've ever heard. Okay. It was an idea that popped up when I was listening to the Ringer Fantasy Football podcast. Um, I don't remember which guy said it, and I don't really remember the exact particulars. But to be fair, they probably don't either. He, the basic idea was this. And in some ways, I realize this would be a bit of a scheduling nightmare, but but the basic core idea, I think, would be amazing. So the idea is that at some point towards the end of the season, once it is very clear which teams have zero chance of making the playoffs, and there are several teams in line 
for the top pick in the draft, mm-hmm. you would force those teams, probably four, let's say the four worst teams in the league, you would force them to participate in a playoff-style tournament for the purpose of winning the right to the number one overall pick. What do you think? Doesn't that kind of go against the... Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Make them win. They do this... They 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 actually do something similar to this in European football, where usually at the end of a European football season, the most fascinating drama that plays out is the relegation playoff. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. usually like four teams who are playing for a chance to either stay. Right. Uh, but that's they have more, an, to me, that's more... Uh, like the worst one dropping out, that's when that to me that's even better than the best one getting. I agree, but I, I'm saying that I don't think that's ever going to happen in the okay, NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As much as I agree that, that 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 should exist, we don't currently have the infrastructure to facilitate that. Yeah, because um, we don't have a league, we don't have a lower level level league system yeah. set up in that way. So what I'm saying, XFL man. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm make it your relegation league. <clears throat> so I just think it would be really kind of a, a fascinating twist on the end of the season if you take the four worst teams and you make yeah. them fight for the number one overall pick. Yeah, I think it'd be I fun. Like that. How many teams are in the XFL? It's eight teams, right? Well, they're merging with the USFL. We were going to talk about that. Uh, it's okay. in the news. Okay. Um, they've okay. announced the the merger. Oof! I can't wait to hear about that. All right. Uh, man, what if that does become a relegation league? My shit got learned is this year's quarterback situation is the worst probably in my lifetime, at least in a long time. 15 teams have started multiple quarterbacks this season. That's almost half of the league. It makes me think about your ongoing 2023 take that teams need to have a backup quarterback fund or something like that. The crazy thing is, the top four teams in both conferences have one have one thing in common until last night because you don't happen to uh, T-Law. But they mm. remained healthy at the quarterback position. Hmm. No surprise there. The quarterbacks that are healthy are winning the games. And I can't remember a season where quarterback play was this shoddy, where you have Tommy DeVito coming out and starting a game, and Trevor Simeon coming in to relieve a shitty quarterback. Uh, some teams had healthy quarterbacks that just sucked, i.e. the Jets, but the injury bug has plagued the league, and we might just get a lackluster playoffs because of it, and I'm really not looking forward to these lopsided games that we might get. Mm. I'm getting scared, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, scariest AFC team, I got to go with my Dolphins, man. The defense coming on like that, offense possibly being a, a juggernaut. I think it is my, my Dolphins. Who, who you got, AFC? I think it's probably the Dolphins, too. For me, it's a bit of a coin toss between the Dolphins and the Ravens. The Dolphins yeah. keep beating the snot out of teams. Um, the Ravens, on the other hand, are out here handling their business on a bye. And they're, they're on a bye week just watching the rest of their division lose. Yeah. Uh, and beat the shit out of each other, except for the obviously the Bengals one. But um, 
Yeah. But the Dolphins looks I, – I'd have to – if I – if the word we're going for is scary, I'd have to say Dolphins. Dolphins are terrifying. Yeah. Uh, NFC team, who you got? I mean, who do we have? We have the same one. <laughs> it's got to be the 49ers. After you, after you beat the snot out of the yeah. Eagles, it's got to be the 49ers. It's sort of a no-brainer. Uh, and finally, I'm putting some spec on uh, Shane Steichen, man. Mm. We had no expectations from him going in as the Colts uh, head coach. And he is – over outperformed all the projections with losing the quarterback uh, that he came in to coach. So I'm going to say with that backup quarterback and now they're seven and five. Who saw the Colts going seven and five right now? Already having seven wins with a few weeks left to go. Uh, I didn't for one. So I'm saying uh, it's about that time, man. This guy left the Eagles and the Eagles look like they're still trying to figure things out, and he's holding it down over there. I think Shane Steichen is out here telling us. Put some respect on my name. It's a very good point. Um, for me, anytime you go 25 for 36, 267 yards, uh, three touchdowns, you beat the Super Bowl champs, I, I think you deserve a little speck on that name. Not only, <laughs> Not only that this dude over the past three weeks, Jordan Love – Mm-hmm. has thrown 857 yards, eight touchdowns, and no picks in three weeks. I, I have to admit that I probably wrote this dude off a little too soon um, because he looks very capable of keeping this team in a playoff hunt and maybe even playing spoiler to a big contender along the way. Um he looks like he belongs in the league, especially now that the rest of the team has started to gel around him. Packers are six and six. So, you know, yeah, a bit of a roller coaster. Um, but I feel like Jordan Love has earned his right to be the starter in Green Bay. Um, I don't expect them to win the Super Bowl or anything, but I would love to see if they could keep this going into next year. Um, and prove that the Packers may have stumbled onto another Fucking uh, franchise, you know, franchise quarterback. I don't, yeah, I got to say it. Jordan Love. Got to put some spec on this kid's name. Put some respect on my name. All right, man. Well, that's it for uh, for week 13. Got that uh, knocked out. Really appreciate y'all checking this episode out. Uh, and we'll be back to do it again, man. That's what we do around here. We, we, we hold it down. That's Finnafell. Look forward to uh, getting back to y'all about week 14. Week 13 is in a book. Uh, so it's been Jonathan Rollins. Skip Mizara. What's Fed Peace. Hey, y'all. infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing we wondered the same thing so we made byheart 
A better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.